Hey, y'all. Welcome to Preaching to the Choir podcast with your host, me, Jen Randall. You know, I love all of my interviews, like from people I've just met to people I've known forever. But as I'm sure you can guess, when it's a very good friend of mine, those are particularly fun for me. So today we have my favorite state, and I can say that because I'm from there, and one of my truly favorite humans on the planet, Mr. Tyler Grudemeyer from Omaha South High School. If you've never met Tyler, you are in for the treat of a lifetime today. No one is more positive. No one talks faster. Well, okay, maybe me. And I assure you, his take on show choir in the state of Nebraska and choral music there and just his genuine love of what he does is going to shine through these speakers to you and you're going to want to be best friends. Please enjoy my interview with the biggest Husker fan you've ever met, Mr. Tyler Grudemeyer. Dumb. Number two is think. Mm-hmm. And then the three one is talk slowly for the love of God. For the love of God. Yeah. No, that was my main concern because I also talk very fast. And when I talk to you, I talk even faster. And so I was, I was like, but I was just talking about that. I just said, I always take on the energy of the other person. And I yep. feel like so does Jen. Yes. And when we don't have energy to take on, it just keeps going and going. So. And so the odds that it could have ended up being like, and then I mean, I ended up, and everyone's like, excuse me, we need a translator for your episode. <laughs> it was high. That could have definitely happened. Um, so you were just saying to me earlier when we were getting started that this is normally the weekend that yeah. you would already be out competing. So mm-hmm. I'm asking all the directors this year because we are in this weird year, like just let's spend a couple minutes just real quick knocking out the questions of how are you handling this? Like, what are you doing? What does ambassadors, your show choir look like right now at Omaha South? Because you guys are not competing this year, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what are you doing um, with your time? Like, how are you filling it? Do you have a show? All that fun stuff. Yeah. So I think it starts with, um, and looking back how we're doing it this year, we are right now in the hybrid model of a 3-2. Mm. And even that's not accurate because it's the first two weeks back from winter break. And so our superintendent and our board of education made, I think, a really smart call, which was back in uh, November. They announced that not only are we going to continue, we've been doing the 3-2 model of mm-hmm. Um, any student without the A through K last name comes to school every Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then Alpha L through Z throughout the district comes mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, and then Wednesdays alternate. Okay. Um, and which I think is brilliant. That doesn't really bode well for South a little bit. Our population on the L through Z half tends to be a lot bigger, but that's because of the last names like yes. Lopez mm-hmm. and Martinez. And mm-hmm. we just have a large, that's a lot of our last names. Yeah, so, makes sense. Um, but I would say that uh, we've been on that since, um, uh, middle of October, but so we're on two weeks of, of 100% remote learning, and then we'll go back to uh, in the week of uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, Junior Day, we'll go back to the hybrid of 3-2 model, okay. but our entire first quarter, um, we were 100% remote, so for nine weeks, we were 100% remote, wow. so I actually have not seen my kids all together yet, and yep. the first day I will see all of them together I'll see them, I think it's like Tuesday, January 26th. And wow. so um, we've been doing everything um, like through, we use Microsoft Teams. And so okay. everything we've done, if we've been in person together and we haven't done any of our night rehearsals yet based mm-hmm. off of COVID numbers yeah. in our um, zip code alone, mm-hmm. I, uh, our state senator um, that represents um, the South Omaha area put out an infographic that one third of all of Nebraska's cases come from our like three or four zip codes. Truly, um, oh my! And so we've been very. I made the decision when we returned to in-person learning that you know this is not smart for us. Let's let's be safe. And so we, however, of all of our second quarter, our school has yet to have a single case-to-case transmission at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and our our um, what's the word I'm looking for? Our um, how they define case-to-case transition it. it's, yes. it's not like you have to be in the room with them for like mm-hmm. 10 minutes like making making out essentially like right like some, <laughs> yeah like things are i mean i feel like they're very accurate and so we've yeah. been really not proud of that um 
but we've been very careful about yeah. that. So anyways, I, I we made the decision not to do that. But once we made that realization and like my room at this point is like a weirdly hermetically sealed room. We have so many air filters and <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. We have an interim principal that that was really big for her. And she's like, well, we're going to get this. We're going to get these uh, air filters in there. So now and I feel like, like great. we can actually yeah, do yeah. that. And we're trying to follow everything in our curricular choirs. We've been trying to follow 30 minutes of singing only. And so and right. doing what we need to do and then adjusting things. So I finally feel like we had a setup where we could bring it back. So anyways, to answer the question in a long-winded way. I no, apologize. that's I mean, that's what we uh, want to know. That's what people are curious about because everybody is different. Yeah. And, yeah. and like I think – and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think from my understanding is that the majority of the Omaha area schools specifically kind of – got together. I won't say made a pact, but you guys kind of all decided like we're not really hosting competitions. Yeah. We're not really going to competitions this year. Yeah, we kind of um in June, July, we kind of all gathered and just said, you know, looking at a couple different factors, is it really in the best equitable interest for all of our students to try and do this, mm-hmm. both financially, uh, health risk wise, there's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons into that. And so, at the time, Omaha Public Schools was going to be in a hybrid model we knew that we Mm -hmm. knew that in june which was good for my brain Mm -hmm. now the day before we were supposed to start back they made the call that we're gonna get an extra year planning and go 100 percent remote right which is beautiful you know we were all you know felt about that or felt like that so we had to pivot but Mm -hmm. um yeah we we made that so i think there are a couple schools that are trying to do a lot more of those um potentially clinic situations um but i mean I haven't rehearsed with my kids. We haven't done blocking yet. So Well, yeah, you're um, in a very different situation then be- because, like, you haven't yeah. had an opportunity to even have them together, period, once, you know. If you're in a school where you have seen them in person, yeah. that would be a different story. Well, and I should should quantify this with the fact that, you know, we're a class, uh, which is mm, great. That's and a good so point, yeah. We have – I have them in class, but, you know, out of – I think I have 32 kids in the Ambassadors this year, and first semester, I think eight of them were 100% remote. Mm-hmm. And then on my Alpha A through L days, right through K days, excuse me, I had, I think, like 15 kids. Gotcha. Uh, and it was pretty evenly split. And then on right. my second half, for some reason, I had nine boys and two girls, and so or three of my <laughs> girls. And so, you know, it was hard to do singing. You know, we're making it work. Yeah. We're having fun um, with it. But we're, we're prepping together a whole bunch of old favorites. And our goal was, um, when, when we made the decision and when I told the kids we weren't going to do the competition show that we had planned Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons but we didn't feel like we had the resources to do the show correctly Mm -hmm. and they knew what that was we decided to do let's do instead something that can still because I have a really strong group of seniors um, who I just have the utmost respect for we wanted to do something that still gave them that opportunity knowing that a good chunk of them are remote and so we're doing a whole bunch of old favorites that have something to do with kind of our history so Mm -hmm. one's an old song we did um, and then that has something to do with us. And they're not just our old favorites. They're old favorites from like groups around us or that mean something mm-hmm, to us or have mm-hmm. some kind of a connection to us. So mm-hmm. and we're I, putting that together musically and seeing where it goes. Well, and I, like the putting away of the competition show you had planned. I think a lot of schools went that direction this year where they're like, we'll yeah. just hang on to that. We'll do that at another time. I, the, the statement I'm hearing from people who have decided to take their kids out and do like a true competitive season and have found events to go to is that conversation of, well, these kids have worked really hard, therefore they deserve it. The, the, these kids deserve it argument is like the thing I hear over and over again. And I mean, I can see your face. Not everybody can. I feel your face. I feel that same way, which is that honestly, I don't, I mean, yes, wouldn't that be nice, but don't we all deserve for COVID to be over at some point? Um, And the more we do, that is the opposition of that goal um, that we don't have to be doing the longer this goes on. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I, I think my face is. I have. I was like, now you're smirking at me. Feeling. You maybe don't agree with me. I don't know. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Okay. I, I well, and here's what I say is I I've learned to live. You know, um, we so often live in worlds right now of absolute truth, mm, where it's black mm-hmm. and white, and yet we don't live in the Kyoto school, as I feel like Dina would bring out with, with the shades <laughs> and everything yes. in there. Um, it's my favorite word, when, especially when she says it. Oh but, yeah. You know, I I understand. We're talking about Dina Els, by the way, everyone. Dina if you Els, do not yeah. know who that is, yep. Queen Dina is what Queen we like Dina. to refer to as. The Chiara Scuro. Um, <laughs> but um, I understand that there are districts where there's pressure. And I yes. understand yes. that there are situations, and every situation truly is unique. And so, and my 
my job isn't to shame someone else mm-hmm. and shame is not an energy that needs to be in the world that, you know, we feel that enough as uh, mm-hmm. individuals, we don't need to feel that from others. Mm-hmm. So I don't want that to come off that way, but I do have the, I do have some issues and I've had that conversation with some peers where if, if that's your only reason of doing it, then you're saying that your students are more important than my students right. and that your situation is more important than mine. Yes. And, and, you know, I get that also on top of that, there are situations where there are schools where you are in a location where you have handled it in a responsible way. Right. Um, right. And so you yes. might be fine to be able to do that. Yes. So it's hard for me. I, I just, I, my, if the only argument we're making is that I also don't think we're really giving a validation to the art form and what we could be doing and exploring this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm walking in circles around. No, it, no, no, I just, no, no. I agree I have with really mixed feelings. No, I agree with what you're saying because I, because again, um, you know, it's just such a large country. Even states, you know, one side of the state yeah. looks completely different than the other. Like in Texas, for example, like there are parts of our state where there are no cases, like none. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any. So to have a mask mandate in that part of the state. Well, maybe that doesn't make sense. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of that gray area to it. So I, I understand what you're saying about that and that there are maybe places where, you know, you can do something responsibly. And I think the events that are happening this year, people are trying their best to host them responsibly. I don't think people are. Yeah. Yeah, know. absolutely. And I, everyone said it looks like, you know, we're competing, but we're having these specifications. Mm-hmm. And I knew for me, my whole portion of competing, like at the time when we thought, I, when I thought we'd be in this 3-2 model, I said mm-hmm. we probably could compete, mm-hmm. we'd maybe adjust it. But my thought was I didn't think and anticipate that most importantly, my kids would be able to watch other groups live. And right. we're putting in that time, that's really important to me. That's a huge part of um, that day. And, and also important to them. Mm-hmm. And so, and I also, I, I foreshadowed or I, I not foreshadowed, I thought maybe we wouldn't get as much feedback and, yeah. and so, or we wouldn't be able to get that in-person feedback, which is important to me, or travel, which is important to, mm-hmm. and I keep saying to me, but I mean that for our program and, and kind of where we're at in that regard. But I, I know that, in, for example, in Nebraska, we didn't want to make an overarching, we have to do it this way because we have so many yep. small schools and rural schools right now that are just kind of evolving. And, you know, it would probably kill a program if they said absolutely no, this, this, or this. Mm-hmm. So they're making it work for their own. Mm-hmm. And they're in a situation where they where they can. Yeah. And it again, as you said, it we don't need a black or white, an all or nothing on the topic. There's always a middle ground to be had in all of this. So, I mean... It, my only fear is that I don't want it to become a situation where we're actively putting people at risk because we yeah. are afraid of the outcome if we don't have show choir look the same. Like that, don't operate out yeah. of fear. I guess is my thing, and and that's that's my thing with everything. Don't don't operate out of fear. And along along with that, I think we forget how much power we truly hold. Yeah. And and so decisions we make, sometimes we have, you know, we say, well, your student doesn't need to come or your student can mm-hmm. then, you know, we can have this rehearsal, but your student doesn't need to come if, mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable with that. Well, then are we forcing a kid to decide for their senior year that they can't be blocked where they deserve to be blocked or right. featured or feel like they're not? So I, I think we just, uh, that was my biggest thing is I, I was afraid that, um, and at the time, it was just hitting South Omaha when I kind of made the decision that we weren't going to compete at all. Yeah. Um, and um, I just had said, I think that there's too much and it's too the, – the, the risk of the competition aspect of it was way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that, like you said – um, there are schools that are like, I'm going to go clinic at Waukee next yeah, weekend. Yeah. Um, I don't know when this is airing. So it's the second yeah, weekend of January. At some point, yes. <laughs> and I've been so thankful for Matt and how he's communicated with me, the safety measures. And if there's something yeah. that changes, you know, and I just said, you're trying to, you are giving experience. That's not a competition. It's a clinic. Mm-hmm. So you're giving a really cool experience for these schools in your area. No one's traveling. It doesn't look like from out of like mm-hmm. a 30 minute window. So it's, you're, you're making it work. And I think that's what this time has really been for mm-hmm. us. So. But it does, as you and I just keep saying basically over and over again which is that you have to be constantly aware and thoughtful of the circumstance and if the circumstance changes you need to make a change so I think as long as people are willing to do that and be flexible if like suddenly you're like you said your case counts just jump up in your area or whatever like you have to be okay being like well guys we're gonna course correct here and do da 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 which I think you're doing and a lot of directors I see are doing for sure mm-hmm. so um well and so without them competing they still have a show that they're doing though so that's good so yeah. you're still having that experience which is awesome um and you mentioned the case rates in South Omaha so we need to come back to uh, while we start your bio stuff here um when we get into the discussion about your school um don't let me forget because we need to talk a little bit about uh the demographic differences 
of where you are versus Omaha as a whole, because not everybody knows that. Uh, If you're not from Omaha specifically, you don't always know, you know, about like the suburbs or I don't know. I always laugh thinking. (laughs) If you're not from Omaha, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) Alex and I had this huge discussion when he found out that Omaha West Side is not in the same district as Omaha South. No, they're not the same. We're not districts Mm -hmm. and that there are four South schools. There's Papio South, Elkhorn South, (laughs) Millard South, and the OGs, Omaha South. But also none of you are in the same school districts. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, so everybody's you know, a different school district. We're yeah. all directions. Why can't we pick a name of something else? So, um, but so yeah, we'll have to explain. That's really confusing. So, <laughs> so people, we'll, we'll, don't worry. We'll come back to that, everyone. We will explain to you those sorts of things. But um, we're going to start here with your, like, information of how you got to where you are. Like, how did you end up? Oh, let me say this. Let me interrupt before I even ask you that question, which is that when we're doing this season, part of why I made it the way I made it is that... I feel so passionately that when we get kids out of college and we send them out in the world to take jobs, if they don't know the right people to ask questions, it can be really hard to have a really competent mentor. Just because someone's been doing it for 20 years doesn't mean they're going to be a good mentor. That's not necessarily mutually exclusive. So um, I want there to be resources available, and that's a huge part of what Show Collective is about, um, where you can get questions answered and you can get information. So this season of the podcast, every week is a different director from a different state. And so when I was choosing the directors, and this is this is why I chose you for Nebraska, there is no one who is Nebraska more than... As I have my Nebraska, oh, I thought these are my Nebraska gloves right over here. <laughs> More than Tyler. Like, um, like when I think of Nebraska, and some of that is the university, and we both went to the University of Nebraska, obviously, but like, um, and we'll talk about your time while you were there and all that, but like, he is like Mr. Nebraska in my brain. And I also am looking for directors who grew up in that state system, if possible. So, I mean, certainly there are a lot of great directors in every state, but if you're curious as to why I chose who I chose in many cases, we're looking to find people who are teaching in diverse types of schools so that we can talk about different types of schools. So your particular situation as a fine arts magnet in the public school system in Omaha, that's all very different than a lot of the rest of the state. Um, But also, again, you grew up in Nebraska and you went to one of the top show choir high schools in the state, basically. And so um, so that's kind of like a little background for everybody since we're new in the season here about like how I'm making those decisions. But just so you know, too, like as I'm asking you this, that's (laughs) what we want to hear about. Like we want to hear about your your Nebraska-ness of growing up in choral music in Nebraska. So when did you like what put you on the path, let's say, to being a music educator? Um, it's weird for me because I can only ever remember wanting to be two things in my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, in preschool, I was dead set that when I grew up, I was going to be an elephant. And like my parents, I had an elephant mask and like you played this game where you try and get rings up. And so I'd wear all gray and wear the mask to school. And then right before I got out of the car, my mom would like make me take the mask off and I'd, I'd go to class. And at some point I made the realization that that I wasn't an anamorph and that wasn't going to happen. It wasn't meant to be. I'm sorry about that. I really feel for you. I, it was a really traumatic experience, <laughs> but then I like ever since I swear it must have been first grade or kindergarten at that point when I made um, something I should have realized. Uh, but I wanted to teach music in some way. I yeah. wanted to be a teacher, and I wa- it wanted to be music. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't necessarily like an academic kid, and so I I got really um, a decent grades, maybe B's and C's, and some yeah. A's in my other classes. But it was always music and I think part of that is I grew up in a Montessori um, environment in a public school so it wasn't a private Montessori it was a public school with a Montessori sector and so I grew up um, K-8 in that kind of a program but in a traditional school I haven't had the most traditional route to my life but (laughs) to that Um, and so you know I just music was always important to me and I had the ability to do it Um, yeah so like I I had a recovered memory the other day that I was in a fifth grade swing choir that we stood there and did like riser choreography with like whatever the pop song in 19 94 was or 96 or you know and um but you know I've always wanted to uh teach and um there were a couple moments where I I questioned if that was what it was but I was still working towards that right so but there was some major life event that snapped me back to like this is no this is the yeah exactly and so you after you know Montessori is so interesting to me and I mean we we could you and I could talk about that for days but like there is 
there are so many of those sort of like what I would say maybe are like quirky pathways that you'll when you talk to people that I think are really, really as musicians, like really different, but in a great way about their approach to teaching or, or playing. And I think you're one of those people that explains a lot to me, actually, now that I know that, like that, there's that's a the lot. Of... Almost everyone normally people go, oh, yes. or that explains a lot. When you got to high school, you were able to have a high school competitive show choir experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I was at, I went to Millard West, um, hashtag wildcat style and pride, I think was our, was our motto. Um, and, um, I had, I had a really unique experience where my first year was my director's first year at the school as well, mm. Kathy Simpson. Um, and then I also, um, who I think has since retired. And then from there, my sophomore year, Scott Dugdale came onto the stage. Oh, I think it's really yeah. fun because he's now the director of Papio South. He went to Miller North and he, he left Miller West the same year I left. So mm -hmm. I graduated and then he went to Miller North. He just couldn't be there without program. you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yes. I love Doug Dale. Um, and then he's at Papio South. And so yes. we've actually started at their contest the past couple of years, Isn't that funny? Um, which has been really fun. And he's come to my contest or our contest as well, yeah. which has been like a weird, fun moment for us. But yeah. And it was my junior year. I had, I, I was a in uh, like band in choir and I loved it I thought maybe I wanted to do band what'd you I play in band how have we never had that um, conversation I, well it depends I played bass clarinet in concert band because I I this is not a knock knack to any clarinet players but I hated the clarinet <laughs> but I loved the bass clarinet but mostly I think it was because I just played whole notes and like sure and yeah. all the wind ensemble was quite good yeah. I like and I wasn't in it the year that was really exceptional mm -hmm. uh, John Keith was my band director and did um some really sorry melissa eflin's calling me um not now mel really yeah, no um did some really cool things there but i didn't know what i wanted to do and then i kind of during my junior year kind of fell out of love with music and my i think my parents realized that that wasn't a good feeling for me and yeah. so suggested i go to a show car camp um and i decided or i didn't decide my parents kind of was going to make me do it either way but i loved they did and I thought, well, I want to go to this SCA thing I've heard of. I like that would be really cool. And, um, you know, I had a couple of friends that said they'd gone. And our school, we sent kids to show where all the time. But it was to um, back when Butler Community College had theirs. Or Spirit yes. Lake had a, uh, something very similar. And I wanted to go somewhere kind of by myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I um, – and weird relationships have formed from this pivotal moment. Okay, I went pause. To SCA, but had I you been in the... show choir prior to going to SCA? Yes, I oh, had, okay. I, sorry, I had been in show choir. I apologize. I had been in show choir my freshman year in Swing Cats. I had a moment of like, oh my years. gosh, was that your first show choir experience? My brain was like exploding for you. Okay, so you were no, in Scats. that's just how my brain then, works. Okay. I, tell it out of, I tell it out of order. I'm no, sorry, No, you're fine. You're um, fine. But yeah, yeah I had done Swing Cats my freshman year, and then I had made Wig my sophomore year, and which is a that was a, was a fun year and then like, wig year, is was... west in the groove everyone who is not a nebraska human wig is west in the groove because if you don't know that you're like you made wig what's wig yes it's west yeah, in the made... groove. it's a <laughs> way hair wig. no it's it's the show choir there okay so you went to sca now i know i've seen pictures of you hanging out <laughs> with um you and molly is that that yeah. year at sca well, yeah, so I think they had gone, I went up with the, the students from Papio High School and some kids from Lewis Central. Right. So from there, and it's really funny to me because the people I met there, I went up and I was in the same car as Trent Bogowitz, who's at Linmar, oh and Molly Goddard, who's in Elkhorn South now. <gasps> and we, I didn't know them beforehand. And so we became instant friends of the trip up there. Oh and then we got up there and um, we, I got to be in April's group, which was like, I, I think I almost cried. Oh, like, oh yeah. this is so cool. Yeah. yeah. I just knew April James' name from, we had had Ankeny uh, High School come to our contest the year before that. Oh, and I had yeah. seen Visual Adrenaline. And I think I wasn't their room host, but for some reason I was with them. And so I was just, mm -hmm. Brandon Dean, which is so inspiring from oh, what I watched. Oh, I was like, oh, that'd be so cool if I could yep. see someone that had worked with April. And, um, but then also up there, I met uh, Ben Rivera, who's now on Broadway. Oh, yeah. We just got Congrats, Ben. Yes. Um, through Dance Ensemble. Yes. I was in Dance Ensemble with him. So it was just a weird, yes. like, I met so many people. And that was, uh, SCA was such a pivotal moment for me in deciding, ooh, I need to start looking at ed degrees. Because if I like what I'm seeing here, based off of just, like, working, I worked with Lee, uh, uh, Lee Wilder, Wilder. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. yeah, and I just working with her and then watching and hearing the uh, the uh, performers and I was like, this is actually really, really what I needed. It was that brush of blur, like that that uh, sorbet. It just like refreshed yes. everything and it was really inspiring. The palate and cleanser, I was able yes. To, yeah, the palate cleanser. 
from my personal experiences, which a lot of that was clouded by my own feelings as an mm-hmm. anxious teenager. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that this is what I wanted to do. So yeah. thanks, SCA. Thanks, Ding. Thanks, SCA. We're doing an ad for SCA today. That's what it is. Yeah. Dwight is well, paying and- us handsomely. No, that's not what's happening. But well, I just, I don't, I forget about that sometimes. Yeah. But when I like look back at that, that really was a pivotal moment. And then I had my senior year and somehow we happened. I, we also, I met a bunch of kids from Mitchell. And so then we competed against Mitchell like twice that year or three times. And so yeah. then I saw them and I met some kids from Bishop Wait, and was that the ramp year? Did you, was your senior year their ramp year? No, their senior year was the flight year uh, where they had the wings. Oh so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 So, okay. Yeah. Yes. So, um, oh, I forgot about the ramp. Oh, that ramp was cool. But um, and then I decided oh, to. Um, I had looked at some schools. I had looked at Gustavus Adolphus because I had heard that Brandon Dean went there right. and uh, went up there. And I went to another small school, interviewed there, and they um, just said some things that made me realize I should be at a big school. And so I, yeah. I defaulted to Lincoln. Um, and then uh, I got to work with Pete Eklund, but mm-hmm. also that first year mm-hmm. was Stephen was still at Lincoln. And so oh yeah, because Stephen Todd was getting his masters at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I got to meet Stephen, which was a, another like like I just Stephen. I have a, a certain light because of, of like what I needed during that time yeah. uh, as a freshman, and so that was cool to have him there. And that's where I met a whole bunch of other people. That's oh, yeah. where I met through Big Red Singers, Steph Hyatt. I mm-hmm. met Nolan Henkel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and through my time at Nebraska Show Park Camp, I met Lester. Um, yeah. And um, and that's actually how I got to know Doran. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, I, I have a lot of things for that. Anyway, and I also got to do you. <laughs> I'm like, is that like, not when we met? I raised my hand like, is that, did we meet not during that time? Yes, we did. We that did. Is no, totally you're right. No, and it was, and I was only on staff really for two years my freshman year and then I worked to the university for two summers and then I went back my senior year but and then of course you went on and you did all that new student enrollment stuff which I think really it really informs you as a teacher as well the kids that I know who have done that work I think that's such a weirdly important like skill that you've all garnered through working in that time frame well and it was a class and it was actually my introduction it was an educational psychology class and Mm. so that wasn't necessarily a major at the time but it's really what spurred me now, which is my master's in educational mm-hmm. psychology. And so I take a lot of, and I go back to, even I have a couple of those books. Mm-hmm. Um, I read The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, which is mm-hmm. a big philosophy that I have in my own teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look a lot of that, but that was a really, that was, I, I attribute to a lot of who I am as well as an educator mm-hmm. to my time, not only as an orientation leader, but then I was on that student staff. So I actually yeah. trained the next group and I was the logistics assistant, which God bless the decision of, of my teacher who thought I would, or my, that uh, admissions person who thought I was organized enough to do that. Um, because that I was not, but I quickly had to become that. You learned. Um, I learned on, uh, with everything on fire around me. Absolutely. Yep. As in yep. like, I just, I had to have my life together and mm-hmm. I was known for just kind of not winging it, but I'm really big go with the flow. And so right. it really helped me in advanced planning. Cause that was kind of my main job was like all the logistics of, of every aspect of every student and, t- and the family member coming in that yes. summer. And yes. it was um, a learning experience. You're so selling the university have- to these kids. You have to be, you have to be putting the best face forward. You learn a lot of that yeah. kind of stuff in that time. And so you yeah. graduated from the university of Nebraska. Well, okay. You student taught with Doran, which is, I'm bringing that up only because no, wait, is that wrong? Well, because I'm the, I'm the president of the support group that we have for all the student <laughs> teachers. You know, we have a secret face group. group That's where I'm going I. with this. This gets brought up. Like he mentioned that in his interview. He's like, I think they have a support group. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know who the president of it is. Like we were just joking about it. But yes, Tyler is probably the president of that. But like so many great educators in our area of, you know, Nebraska, Iowa ha- came through student teaching with Doran. And I don't know that we really gave him enough credit for that. Like, it's important that I think we acknowledge that because his program is w- the longest in history as far as in show choir in Nebraska. Like some the, the program that's been doing competitive show choir the longest in the state really is Doran's program. So um, you get to see a well-oiled machine when you're student teaching. Well, and that was and I think I mentioned I had two major formative experiences, mm-hmm. and that was I, I. I also go back to I am who I am today because of Jordan Johnson, yeah, and that yeah, is because totally. I had fallen out of love. I, I had fallen out of love with teaching. I yeah. had a terrible senior year with my music ed like practicum, and I yeah. thought because I had this one interaction that I and and I hadn't worked with high school students at all during that time, and so I really thought, why am I in this degree if I hate it? And I kind of had a job offer from the university um in the athletic department to do something with based off of my work with them and mm-hmm. so i thought maybe that's what i want to do i love nebraska so much um and then 
I just, I remember we were, I went to West Side to soon teach. We, I asked Dora and I ran into it at a Yonkers in back when Yonkers was a thing. <laughs> Yonkers. I was yep. getting a tie and he was getting a tie. I was like, do you, do you have a student teacher? And he goes, well, I might, but if I don't, do you want a student? Or and I said, yes, I would love to. That sounds like great. Yeah. Cause I hadn't figured out who I wanted to student teach with. Yeah. Um, and so it just happened by fate. It was this weird moment. And so we made that work. And then yeah, what year would that um, have been? 2012 2013 so yeah 2013 so and like i said he was i had fallen out of love with teaching and then i they went to viterbo before even school Mm -hmm. had started so i went with them Mm -hmm. and then that that group of kids really lit a fire under me and then i got to work a lot with that warrior express and that Mm -hmm. freshman fire and that group of freshmen was just so just was the reason why i continued on and so i don't think i would be a teacher if it wouldn't have been for my student teaching experience i'm so glad that you got to have that we're all better for it in nebraska thank goodness thank goodness doran um and then when you graduated you the job you have now is the job you had immediately no i actually i had a panic attack um because i didn't get a job and it was actually my the senior year right before nebraska show choir camp the Thursday before, I got a call for, like, my sixth or seventh interview in Grand Island, and so I went to Grand Island. I interviewed. I got the call Monday of show choir camp that they offered me the job, and at that point, I turned down a couple other offers. It just didn't fit, mm-hmm. um, and, but I was, like, at this point desperate. I was like, yes, I'll move to Grand Island, <laughs> and so I was actually, I remember walking into the show choir camp. And I, I remember this. And he goes, he's finally employed, and it was just a moment of, and the kids were like, cool. Yeah, like, the kids were like, who is employed, and we don't care. I vividly remember remember that whole day yeah. happening where it was like should we take it should we move to grand island because i'm from grand island so i remember having yep. some conversations with you about yep. about grand island so you did that for a couple years or just one year i can't remember that part well, i taught at Barn middle school for a year okay. and then i had a uh, i got a text once again from Doran just saying hey a job in uh, omaha public school is open up there's two um would you be interested in either omaha south omaha north i said i'd be interested to move back to omaha in a heartbeat Doesn't omaha period where. yeah mm-hmm. so and then i interviewed for that job um and i had i had my gut had told me that just in my like pre-research of the schools that South was a uh, uh, something for me. It's been the magnet school for visual and performing arts and dual language um, for years. Dual mm-hmm. language is a program, if you're not familiar with it, where students from as early as like uh, kindergarten, uh, whether they're native uh, speakers of that language or not, um, are enrolled and essentially their classes are half taught in one language and then the other half in English. And so for us, it's Spanish. So oh, a majority of our that. students cool. have gone through that beginning level um, up until like eighth grade and then they come to us and the high school classes are, t- are taught half so like they might take, teach a lesson in spanish their homeworks in english or vice versa or half and, half. It. and it's just and that's a terrible way if our dual language coordinators listen to this for some reason i'm sorry <laughs> but um, um but uh i knew that that was that was just something cool and i just the performing arts magnet and it's been around for a while so then interviewed and then i've been there for seven or eight years gosh that seems impossible that you have been there that long now um the Let's use that as our segue then to talking about where you're at now and what you're doing mm-hmm. there. And let's let's start by explaining again, like we talked about earlier, a little bit about what's different about the Omaha South area versus, you know, Omaha itself is a, is a main uh, is a metropolitan area. So it has a lot of suburban areas um, where you are in South Omaha is still Omaha proper. Correct. Like you're not in a suburb. Correct. Yeah, South Omaha is has always kind of been the um, an immigrant like locale mm-hmm. for Nebraska, mm-hmm. and I will say with a lot of meatpacking plants and other plants in um, kind of central or western Nebraska, it has slowly moved. Um, but my dad grew up in South and went to South High School, Omaha South, Isn't that and so cool? but it's always been at the time it was the Czechoslovakian, Italian, and um, Polish like mm, capital of, yes. of Omaha and of Nebraska. Yes, and then slowly but surely it's turned into uh, it's, it's predominantly um, uh, Latinx, mm-hmm. um, and then we also though pull because of Omaha. Um, and so our area is highly, um, like I said, Latinx, um, but we also have an OPS. Um, there are seven high schools in Omaha, uh, public schools, and spread out through the majority of the city. Our students can go to any of those high schools based off the magnet focus. So I have oh. kids that grew up in northwest Omaha that drive 45 minutes to come to south because they're in the magnet program. Got so they're it. supposed to come if it's the magnet focus center, and if they don't have a desire to do that, then they'll go to their neighborhood schools. Okay, but so it's not really open enrollment. High- it's more about the magnet part of it. Yeah, it is and it isn't. South is kind of closed because we're the largest school. We have mm. 3,000 kids in our building. I'm sorry, um, how many? Or something close to that. 3,000, which Lord. is huge for Omaha. Like Texas, I know that's like just like No, that's actually school, even quite but... a bit for Texas. That's oh, high. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot in our building. Um, but um, so we are closed, but we make it work for kids in magnet programs. Um, and we just make sure we communicate with them ahead of time to make sure they're enrolled. But I mean, we see kids from all over the city come to us. But 
um, if we're talking uh, demographically, yeah, we the neighborhood have a, itself where your school is yeah, located, pretty much. Yeah, it's predominantly Latinx, but also immigrant focused. So, um, okay. if there's, we have a large, uh, we at our school we have a Karenni population, um, mm-hmm. which is from students from Burma. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a, a sizable Vietnamese students and oh, Somali students. Yeah, which is cool. Um, we have an incredible EL program, English Learner program, yeah. and I have so much respect for the Bergamino building and the amount of language they speak and. Um, so often we think of that just as Spanish, but really even our students from Mexico that come to South and I've had them in my program, a majority of my students actually have gone through the EL program. They just might've graduated from it. Right. So that almost all mm-hmm. of my students uh, have been with that program or a good chunk of them mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. But even students from Mexico, a lot of them have uh, spoken one of the high language high, or highland languages, I believe is what it's called. Mm-hmm. So Spanish is actually their second language. So then they're getting possibly even oh, translated wow. from that so into English. Oh, wow. So many of them speak three languages now. Yes. Yeah, potentially. Um, And so, and that's not the case for all of them. Um, But it's just, it's really, it's really a, you know, I always think of the um, the Jimmy Carter quote: "We're not a, a melting pot, but a beautiful mosaic." Yeah, hopes yeah. And backgrounds for dreams, and you know, there's some problematic issues with 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 that. But at the same time, we just have so many different rich cultures celebrated, and within our building, which uh, is honestly one of the reasons why I absolutely adore everything South Omaha. I just I am so thankful for our the Omaha Public School System. I I really do. This is not an ad for them. I just I appreciate the resources they give us mm-hmm. um, and make things possible for our population because I I if it wasn't a, a forefront of theirs to make sure every child deserved an education yeah. or an experience I, I could see a lot of kids being left behind. And Falling so I, especially yeah. even the time of COVID. So. Mm-hmm. No, and, and we've talked a little bit about, about, you know, the technology initiatives that they put forth early in the COVID time when those things were happening and how to make sure that all of your students while at home learning had access to what they needed. And I think, honestly, I tell anybody who will listen, I think OPS is one of the few large districts in the country that did it right. There's very, oh, you know. I agree. Well, and I, I, my job's not to put down other people or other districts, so I, I won't, but I, I, I thank our Board of Education and our superintendent for doing the initiatives, and things didn't go, I mean, I think it was in early March, right, when we mm-hmm. shut down, we were the first district to announce we were going to go fully yeah. remote, um, and our problem is we're not a one, we weren't a one-to-one school, but they had the foresight to say, we need to be now, yes. the CARES Act money had come in, so they bought 53,000 iPads, Yeah. And they didn't come at the right time. And so we started the year without our iPads. That wasn't our Oof. district's fault. But then they made the right calls to make it work. Yes. We sent our iPads to the elementary school kids first. And then we were, you know, it was just a, there was no point in complaining. We had to pivot and we had to make something work. But it there felt was like they moved do, but... swiftly and it felt like they yes. made smart decisions. And, and, you know, I live in an area where... Um, you know, we have a lot of a lot of large school districts. You know, right near me is Fort Worth ISD, of course, which has you know like fourteen high schools. Dallas ISD has a ton of high schools as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm not as familiar with the Dallas side. And then Houston, of course, that area. So we have a lot of those sorts of urban, really large districts that really have struggled under the weight of this time and have not yeah. really been as on top of it as I feel like OPS has been, based on what you've told me and what I've seen yeah. with my own eyes. And just in the time I've worked with you and your district in the past for various reasons, like they. Really really do an awesome, awesome job of taking care of their students, which I love to see. And that's, we all know in education, not always the case. Um, so when you got to Omaha South, there was already a show choir that existed. Um, Ambassadors has been around, but yeah. you know, this was kind of a new era of it, so to speak, I like to think. Sure. Yeah. I, we, so we, we just celebrated, this would be our 59th year of existence. Isn't but... that incredible? Oh my goodness. Yes, but you know, it was barely much, even at the very beginning of it, one of my parents' good friends was in like, I think the very first ambassadors as well, which is just a small world. That's amazing. Um, But um, it was very much step touch. And so they didn't compete. And really, I don't think they started competing until the 80s. Um, And I don't know, I don't really know the history until around the mid 90s of Nebraska show choir. and so, and I know that it, when I inherited the program, we had 15 in our, I had, I had 15 kids my first year in the mm-hmm. ambassadors and then I had nine in our girls group ratings. Yes. And so, um, and that first year was just honest. And I don't mean this to bad, but it was incredible. It was just such a learning experience. I yeah. learned so much about small school and yes. I had tons of show experience. I was in it as yeah. I had choreographed, you know, middle schools when I was in college, you know, I, and it was just such a transformative experience for me. And, yeah. uh, and then, you know, over the past several years, we've kind of 
grown into what we were last year. And I think we might take a, a little step back just because of COVID, but I, I think everyone okay. will. Yeah, that's... Everyone will, but also that's, I think that's just part of our journey. And that's Yeah, okay. I was going to say, and also so it's not really linear. Doesn't matter. The journey's not right. really well, linear anyway, but yes, that is, that is, I see what you're saying. And I mean, now you guys compete, you know, um, what, four or five times a year, I would assume. And you're, you know, out of state, you're able to do those sorts of comps. And like, you guys are running around the country doing all of the same things that all those suburban schools are doing. And I, but I love that because I think that that's not always something that our large urban area schools get the opportunity right. to do. I, it was brought up in the hiring process. They said, well, what is your vision? I said, well, I think we should be able to, one of the best advices Doran told me when he was, yeah. when I was in student teaching was that he started taking ACSC to places they didn't belong. Yes. And so mm -hmm. I said, well, that's going to be my thing. We're going to mm -hmm. start taking kids to places they don't belong. Mm -hmm. Even if we're not ready for it, it's the idea that they saw what it could be. Yes. And even that first year we went up to Mitchell and mm -hmm. it was a transformative experience for that. I've said transformative like five times. It was a transformative off. experience for you too because you fell in love with the Corn Palace. And yeah, now... I love the Corn Palace. It was my introduction to the Corn Palace and those top <laughs> corn balls. Ah, the most magical place on earth. Um, so yeah, it was it, it was fun. And then we've, yeah. we've kind of, you know, we've continued that. We did our first overnight. My third year there was the 55th anniversary. So we went to Fame Branson. Mm -hmm. um, and then we got the offer to go to the national finals. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to go, but everyone else said, you should go. This will be a great experience. Yeah. And I said, I'm kind of done with show car, but then the kids wanted to go. So of I said, course. All right, let's do it. And, yep. you know, we went and I'm 99% I'm out of the like nine groups who were last. It mm -hmm. didn't matter. We had such a great group. Yeah. They got to see Los Al. They got to see, I, I can't remember who else was there that year. I remember um, Ohio Welsh uh, Welsh Jesuit was there. Yeah. Um, so some really great groups that we, you yeah. know, never would get to see. Never, yeah, when, geographically, yeah. And yeah, so it's important to our district and our building that we do that. And we do it for free. Our kids can't pay to be in Well, show that was kids. my next follow-up question. It's just oh, that sorry. I think that, no, no, that's good. I'm glad you said that because I think that that's a question people always have about show choir is the cost factor. So your district covers the cost of it. Like you have a budget for show choir and your kids don't have a fee. So yes and no. Now we... Um... We didn't start off traveling overnight, like all that, and right. doing these big trips. So it started off a little bit um, financially very um, safe and around here, mm -hmm. and Mitchell was our big trip. Mm -hmm. And so our school always pays for any of our school buses that we take. Okay. So we would so take transport. those places. Yep. But then our magnet budget, our magnet coordinator, is really important for her because she had actually been a choir teacher and taught as the associate position mm -hmm. in our building. So she knew she was excited. She she knew what Shofar was and wanted us, if we wanted that experience, so that we could do that. So the magnet budget really helped us out, start got everything it. out. Okay. Um, but then we host our contest every spring. And so yes. once we started that, that's when we got more money for that. Yes. But our magnet will help pay for like costumes yes. and help pay for our arrangements. And then we'll pay for travel. Um, but our kids were a title one school. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know the number now. I know it's gone down. We were 92% free and reduced lunch when I started. Wow. And I yeah. think we're, at, I think we're at 89 maybe now, mm -hmm. um, but it's still pretty high up there. Yeah, so that's, our students yeah, have high. a, yeah, our students um, have a suggested donation to travel. And so it's a suggested okay. donation. Okay, all right. I like do. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we say, you know, it will cost $200 this year to travel or mm -hmm. it costs $300 to travel or, mm -hmm. and we make it work. Um, and uh, the one thing we're allowed to charge for is anything a kid can't reuse. So like our tights for our girls, it's uh, the only thing I require them to pay for. Yes. Texas always called um, them personal items. If it was a personal item, they, yeah. Have I think I call it personal performance apparel. Yes. Uh, so, PPE. Yeah. Oh no, wait, not a PPE. <laughs> um, so yeah. So we, we're able to do that, and it does – the school helps us out a ton. And like I said, I I have been so blessed and privileged to a certain mm -hmm. extent yeah. that I have always had admin in someone at our district level who has fought for us. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think I, it's important for me to check that as well because even though we have some financial restrictions and some, we're still a small program, mm -hmm. we still have always had the support from – I've never really been told no mm -hmm. because they believed in what we were doing. Mm -hmm. I just want to give you a minute here to talk about um, being a white male in the classroom. Um, at Omaha South, since that's where you are. <laughs> and, you know, is there anything about that that comes up in your daily life with them or in your teaching? Um, I'm just going to give you a minute to talk about that. It's, I, I am, I'm a, a white male director um, uh, in a program uh, of primarily BBIA students, mm -hmm. uh, black, brown, indigenous, uh, and Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. um, and so I will be completely honest and say that I started very naively with that um, mm -hmm. in my process, but um, I really have come to realize what my role is and what's 
appropriate for me to do and the conversations that I need to have. Yeah. And also what's not my role and what I can't do. And mm -hmm. that's, a, there are certain things that I, I, I have to check on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And I think you asked, do you think about that? And it's something that I think we think about every day. Okay. And I think about the privilege that I have. Um, and uh, honestly, my students feel very comfortable and they share a lot of their experiences with me. And Yes, I, I have can, seen that. Um, they are very comfortable yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I meant um, that in a positive way, but that too, yes. yes. But I just think at this point, it was, uh, and I don't know if it's the word I'm checking my privilege, because I can't check it to a certain extent, because yeah. I, I have it there with It me. exists. You can't get rid of it. And I think it's acknowledging that in the room, um, but at the same time, I have to be an advocate for them. And yes. so... So I try my best, like when I'm sharing, if I'm sharing stories, I can't share their stories because that's not right of me to do so because mm -hmm. that's their lived experience. And to a certain extent, I can really be empathetic to it and I can understand and do my best to listen. And yes. I have to do more listening over anything else. Um, but I'm also not the bearer of all knowledge and it's not, I, I, I can't be viewed that way. Right. And I can only go my lived experience with them and what I've seen in that regard. Right. Um, and the things that we have faced together, the things that people have said around me without realizing who I was, mm -hmm. um, you know, that has been really hard. And I know I did not, I, I mishandled so many things and I'm so grateful that, that the community of South O allows me to make mistakes, but then I also grow from them, um, well, yeah. especially in my early years. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's just something that I, I do think about that quite often. So, okay. Um, you asked another question along with that, and I, I was just Well, no, I mean, I feel like you answered it. That was really where okay. I was going with that. I, I just have always enjoyed the rapport you have with your kids and, and the way you work with them and, and how much they just obviously love you and love working with you. And um, I've gotten to be able to come up and work with you guys several times, and they're just always some of my favorite humans to work with, for sure. They are <laughs> awesome, awesome kids. Very entertaining as well, and, like, I just... <laughs> Lo kids are just great um I miss that right now I miss being able to see a group of kids in person I know you do too I think all of us do of course as directors and and I will be so glad when this is over and we can all like you know get together and like see one another in person and work together in person I'm ready for it bring it on yeah. also fun fact Tyler is the um Tyler's competition is the setting for the introduction of my book <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fun reading that and be like, I think this was at my, at my contest. So it was it the was. first one too, our first year it was. hosting it. So. It was after Tyler's comp. If you read that, that's that's during that time. Um, well, I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about Nebraska choral music as a whole before we yeah. finish up and do the five questions that everybody has to get asked. Ooh. Um, <laughs> the Nebraska choral music scene as a whole. Now, I grew up in it as well to some extent. So um, certainly I have plenty of knowledge on this, but I want to make sure if I were a director moving to Nebraska or I was just graduating and I was going to teach choral music in Nebraska, what are a couple things that you would say are, you know, really special or really specific to what Nebraska is like or things you would want to know? Maybe things you wish you had known before you went out that are maybe Nebraska specific. I always start with the Allstate conversation because I think that's the big universal that every that every state does a little bit differently. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that audition process as a new director. Like you had been in it, I assume, in high school just mm -hmm. because of the you know growing up there. Yeah, um, it's a large one. Yes. Yeah, we have 400, I think it's 444 singers okay. in our all And the scariest and riser have... setup I've ever seen in the history of America. Like, oh my gosh. Like, guys, they literally go like 17 rows straight up. Like, I don't even yeah, know how it's... Winger makes that, but, you know, there you go. Yeah, I, I've watched them set it up once before, and I was like, oh, I think I don't need to ever watch it again. <laughs> um, it's safe, though. Um, yes, uh, yes, we... it's safe. I would say the Allstate experience is, I don't know how other states really do it outside of Iowa, South Dakota, mm -hmm. and Texas, based mm -hmm. off of my experience um, yeah. knowing directors in that area, because that's a conversation we have. Um, we are allowed to send any student to audition, and it, as much as I did in high school, it changed when I was teaching. It was mm -hmm. completely different. In fact, my first year there at South, I think the year we switched to an online format, mm -hmm. and we switched to a video format, which they changed after two years, which I was very thankful for, because there was really some questions of equity. Oh, um, yeah, and, I bet there was. Uh, um, uh, so, and we, uh, and I don't want to get too much more into that, because there's not necessarily anything else. That, but so the key points here are that it's an individual audition. It's not quartets, Correct. like your neighbor to the uh, yeah. to the east, Iowa. Um, and that it all happens on the same day, correct? Yes. Um, we have, so this year was different, but we all, we're supposed to, we have 24 hours, I think, or 36 hours. So the cuts are released. We work on the music, like my kids, we work on it during class time. 
And then the cuts are released Friday at 8 a.m. And then at noon, we can start recording the audio only. Okay. So one done kind of thing, we use Opus. And then uh, it closes at 11.59 p.m. on that Saturday. Okay. Um, and so this year, they've changed it because of COVID, and they're going to keep it for a variety of reasons. But it's important that we talk about it because it addresses our rural schools. Mm. Um uh, but they open it up to Thursdays as well. And there's really been something we don't talk enough about, I think, in our state that is something I think is really cool is our rural settings mm-hmm. of our schools are really getting involved. And they yeah. always have been, but I think they're starting to get spotlighted and, and really starting to work. I'm hoping that we're looking at them more. Yes. Because Nebraska itself, if you're not familiar with us, there are three major hubs and then it's just kind of rural schools. There's mm-hmm. Omaha, which has, I think we have like seven or eight school districts in our area and like 16, 17 high schools and private as well. Then we have Lincoln, which there's seven major high schools, and then some suburban areas are in there. And Lincoln's 45 minutes southwest of Omaha. Yeah, they're almost like a metroplex like Dallas-Fort Worth. They're almost a big blob. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 45 minutes of I drive. It's an hour for normal human drives. But, <laughs> uh, and then Grand Island is an hour and a half of nothing. And then it's, well, not nothing. There's some small rural areas there. Hour and a half west of that is Grand Island, Carney and Hastings to so the tri-state area or the tri-city area. Mm-hmm. But then really everything is somewhat rural. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of class C and D schools in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're really looking at ways to make that the process of all state more equitable. And so we have certain regions quotas so that every area is represented. So someone in Wood River, <laughs> the Wood River Rural School District, which is always my favorite thing to say. I know. Um, they're not necessarily competing against students from Omaha who have more opportunities. We hey, have more resources available, good. which I, I think is really great. And I know all states do something very similar to that, but I think they're really looking at making sure that experience is um, continued and that so we glad. really highlight that, which I think is great too. And Scott's Bluff is right by Colorado. I think yes. it's a 30 minute drive from Colorado. So you drive quite a while to get there, but there's other major like somewhat large areas in that area, but where we only have those three major city kind of plexes. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say that if you're moving to Nebraska, now is really a time in the choral music scene. Like I said, I, and maybe it's just because I'm opening my eyes and I'm trying to do more listening, mm-hmm. but I'm hearing more and seeing more from our rural areas too. Mm-hmm. So if you want that experience, if you want a K through 12 experience or a seven through 12 experience, yes. Nebraska really has some cool programs coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and that is also in regards to show choir as well. We're yes. seeing way more schools yes. start show choir for the first time, mm-hmm. which I think is great for their choral programs because show choir is kind of like the gateway drug into choral music. Right? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, choir, get, get attracted to it, mm-hmm. and then they come. And so mm-hmm. I I'm just I'm 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 hoping that we continue that and that growth continues in those mm-hmm. programs. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that that's something really that there's that Nebraska is kind of a unique place in regards to that. And I and think that's cool. Let's talk a little bit about just professional organizations for a second. Like you have NMEA, of course, Nebraska Music Educators Association. Is that, you know, because not every state is like this. Does it have like a large, you know, conference attached to it where you all go as a group? Do you have a couple of those a year, mm-hmm. just one? Like, how does that work? Yeah. All, our all-state process is combined with our conference. And mm-hmm. so our annual conference meets at the same time. So mm-hmm. fall or spring for you guys? That's the fall. Okay. And so it's the second or third. It's the week before Thanksgiving every year, ah, okay. um, which is I, I secretly love. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's either a, it's, if it's football and we play a home game that Saturday, the conference is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> and because it's at the University of Nebraska. Lincoln, it's on campus, and, it, yeah. it, uh, and then if it's uh, not a football, then it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I prefer the Thursday, Friday, Saturday because then I only have to miss a day and a half of school personally. Sure. Um, but um, so that's really great. And like I said, it's representative of the state. There's a lot of different singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's fun for me because when I was in the Allstate Choir as a senior, I sat next to a student where there wasn't a vocal music program at her school. She oh, just private lessons. And so yeah. that her first experience was her senior year in a choir. And it was, That's you know, this incredible. 444-member choir. Yeah. And it was really, it was fun to have those conversations with her and those side conversations. So yeah. um, I, lo- I, I really love that about about the state in that regards yeah and is i mean we i think uh, we hit on a lot of what i would have like secretly wanted you to talk about (laughs) since i also know about the state which is just the the differences in the rural and the metropolitan areas is Mm -hmm. um a pretty stark contrast just like a lot of midwestern states are um i think that that's not uncommon in most of the midwest um you know that's the plain states for a reason we've got the open plains right but as you said there are so many ways I I think especially now that, you know, we get more and more connected with the Internet every day, sometimes good for sometimes for bad, but um, that like 
more rural schools are seeing what was happening in the metropolitan areas with choir and show choir and things like that. Um, I think they're more connected nowadays than they used to be. I think that's part of why you're seeing more. I think it feels more accessible. Um, We talked a little bit about camp. I think that if you're in the Omaha or Lincoln metro area, especially, um, let me just say, first of all, you know, show choir is has become a big component at most schools in that area, I would say. I mean, do you feel like that's accurate? Um, I would say we have a couple that haven't done it, but there's something to offer for them. But yeah, I would say show choir has been the major thing, and you're right. (laughs) Well, I think that's actually because of Nebraska show choir camp to a certain extent. I think that's one of the things about Nebraska show choir that really makes us unique. Not unique, but really connected. is the the, the connection of our kids have because they all go to Lincoln Mm -hmm. for that experience. We have kids from other school Mm -hmm. uh, states as well come. But then we go out and then us directors happen to know a lot of each other from that camp setting, um, especially when there was a teacher session. Mm -hmm. Um, But now it's even if they don't go to Nebraska show choir camp, there's some kind of connection with all of us that Mm -hmm. have our students go there. And that makes us directors more connected as well. And so Absolutely. I can call up anyone. I've called up Andrew Jacobson from Southwest to come mm-hmm. work with my band. You know, mm-hmm. I can call up um, anyone I need to. Like, Doran will come in and work with my students. Um, anyone that I, I, I think would be a, a forte to help us with the problem we're having, I can call them. And I, I trace that all back to the show park camp experience. I think I think you're right. I mean, honestly, like, it is. It's one of those magical kind of things. And not to say that we don't have kids from Nebraska that go to SCA. You do, just like yourself. We have plenty of kids that do both. Um, yeah. Or, or just choose one or the other for a different year. But you're right that there really is something special about that connection that you garner. And again, because geographically you guys are pretty close. You've got, I mean, well, good grief. Yeah. It's gotta be almost 20 high schools in that metropolitan area there within that, you know, one hour drive that are all doing competitive show choir. So it's pretty easy well, to call on each other. Yeah. And our kids are friends yes. and that's what I love about it. And yes. our kids, because the directors, we get along or we know each other well enough, mm-hmm. then they see that with the directors. And so I have really felt over the past couple of years, has gotten way less cutthroat. I oh, mean, yeah. they're still whatever it is. But, you know, like, it's fun for me because every year we pick a contest. And if it's a director, I know I tell my kids it's their birthday. They know yeah. it's not. So I say, go wish them a happy birthday. So they'll stop They'll stop them in the hallway and wish them a happy birthday. And they'll be like, I'm sorry, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are we, we talking can, to? <laughs> we can do that with each other. We can have fun at those contests. And that's, I miss that. I miss that right now. You're making me miss it. Stop it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I am so, so glad that you did that today. I'm so glad that I got to have you be the Nebraska person. That's just, it makes my heart so happy because we're friends, obviously, as everyone can probably tell. But also, I just think you have such a great perspective on the state as a whole because you are someone who really also enjoys research and enjoys like, you know, pondering how to make things better, how to move things forward. And so if the fate of choral music in Nebraska rests on your shoulders as others retire, then I think it's in good hands. So. Thanks for being there. <laughs> His eyes got enormous. Uh, Tyler's face turned purple just now, everyone. He is freaking out. Yeah, it's all you. Did you not know we voted? And we said that you are the person in charge now. So, yeah, just it's fine. It's going to be fine. Um, okay, let's do the five questions that everybody gets asked. Here we go. Um, number one, what is this is an easy one to like ease you into mm-hmm. this part of the of the conversation. What's your favorite form of entertainment? outside of like your job time like if downtime what do you do i i i'll, I'll watch something that makes me laugh okay. uh, just something funny like right now it's brooklyn 99 um, oh it was, i love uh, brooklyn 99 <laughs> yeah it's well i had never seen it and so i finally so uh went over um or I, I finally just sat down and watched the first 10 seasons or the first 10 seasons but the first 10 episodes Feels in like one I day did. and then i benched all the whole show in uh, seven or eight days so yeah yeah, I it's would awesome. I would say definitely and Gentified. I just watched Gentified a couple weeks ago, which is a great show. Okay. on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's it's hilarious. It reminds me of South Omaha so much. Uh, but that. there's just so many great things that make me laugh, and so many things in the world that don't make me laugh. It's nice right. to have a little bit of an escape. It's interesting time. Yes. Um, okay. So, oh, I have I always want to ask people like, do you listen to music in the car? Not all music people do listen to music. Podcasts. No, I Isn't listen to podcasts. I, I find that to be so fascinating. There's a lot of I'm I'm not a music person either, so I think that it's really interesting how some of us are like no i don't well we i, I kind of get burned out you know yeah, between the months same. of december and, and april i normally don't listen to any music at all because you're like, listening even... to so much music and critically it's hard to like yes. enjoy music i get that okay favorite show choir show you have ever seen you can't have had anything to do with it for my kids and i or just for me no you personally okay um i think that for me um 
that I've seen in, in in person. I would say I got the chance. Uh, oh, oh, this is a, I didn't have thought of this one. Um, I saw the classic Sweet and Horrible South in 2008 when they did the Anyway I and the Sparrow when I went to SCA. Mm. And that show, they opened up with We Live on Borrowed Time, which I felt was normally a ballad. And I was like, that's so cool. How did you yes. That show, I think, was, was that would be one. Um, I also. I think of the Mitchell show in 2014, the What's Wrong with the World or the World. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Save the World. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing Steven after seeing that at Westside. I said, Steven, that was that was just like performance art to me. That I was a neat show. So I agree. Mm-hmm. I remember that. It would, can be something I, I, you've seen online, too. It does not have to be in person. But like, well, just... I mean, I, I think I need to join the course. I know everyone has said it, but the 2012, uh, well, we more both South show, the uh, Wizard of Oz show. I mean, it really is. I remember the first interview you did. I listened to it. And and I when John told me, I said, I want to know more about that show. That not a single person has but... not answered that. So right. you're in good company, yes. But I will also say one of my favorite experiences of all time with show choir is last year when we went to Mount Zion was being able to see Decatur Elite Energy yes. sitting with all of my students at once. Um, and I like I had a girl, one of my students that was just crying out of happiness because to, they were so excited to see another school. They felt finally a school that looked like them yeah. um, mm-hmm. sing and dance incredibly. And mm-hmm. it was it was just uh, that I honestly that will treasure that trip and that that moment of watching them live and being able to talk with Eric afterwards and beforehand. Like that was just it. All in all, I keep I think of that show. We we do an exercise in the spring where we write fake letters to like thank as an appreciation of, of directors of like what they meant. And I would say you I, should I send those letters to directors. To, yeah, I, I really do need to. And I was going to actually this year, but I oh, would, would say out of my twenty some kids that did it, mm-hmm. I would say sixty percent of them wrote about seeing Elite Energy and seeing them perform yeah. and just being inspired. And so that was. That was a really cool moment. Well, and so if you I haven't listened well. to Eric's episode on the podcast, Humans Who Are Listening, you can go back and listen to Eric Taylor from season one. And he is so smart. So that doesn't surprise me one bit. And I, I haven't seen, I didn't see them last year. I saw them last in 2019, I think. It might have been 18. We were at Urbandale together. Anyway, they're always just, I love their shows. Um, okay, now it's follow-up question. Favorite show you've ever been a part of? Either as a director or performer or... Um, I I think I would have to say last year's show that we did with the ambassadors. It was a really sensitive subject matter for the kids, and mm-hmm. it wasn't overt. It was just we we sang about home and kind of what the word home meant to them, and how home means something different in so many. It's a beautiful show. It well, it was just really I. It was just a very touching show, and even how it was designed, Steph and I knew that we wanted to do it, but we didn't know how to do it. And so we told the kids, so we want to do a show based off of home, mm-hmm. but we want it to be about you. So what does it mean to you? So we asked them like these nine questions. I said, but do whatever that means to you. And so we had kids go out in the hallway and like record them talking to each other. And we had kids drawing what it meant and kids. Yeah. And, and honestly, it was then that night, Seth and I got together and we said, okay, this is a lot of information. And we picked the whole show as it was yeah. just that night. And yeah. it was just, I don't know, from the in, from the beginning of that to I told my kids we were in critique when I got the email that we weren't going to be able to compete for the rest of the year. Yeah. And that's why I said things are happening. And I, so we got to go into finals knowing that that might be our That last was it, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, there's just something about that whole year, the whole pos- the, the trips that we went on, the experience we had together. I just, that show, it, it, we had technical problems galore. You know, I know that. I'm not, I'm, I knew what our issues were and we kind of knew that, but it was still something, it wasn't perfect. And that's the definition of home. It, that's what it was for us. And so it was just, that was a magical experience. And so I, I still, I still can't watch that show cause I get emotional. Um, yeah. and, but I just, I really enjoyed it. And I look back on that fondly, fondly. We always put in the comments or in the, um, in the, um, information at the bottom here, the shows that we talk about. So you guys can click the links yeah. down below and you can watch it if you want. But this is one I highly, highly recommend you watch. I got the, had the opportunity to work with them a couple times last year and it was that was a special group of kids and that was a really special show so i yes everyone needs to go watch that like now (laughs) um okay senior year i love when i get directors who are in show choir can you tell me your show from your senior year of high school well which contest because we switched our order like nine times Uh (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those years (laughs) God bless Kathy Simpson because I was always prepared for anything. We never knew what was going to happen when we went in between the prelims or what was going to happen afterwards. Um, so I do. I, by, by the end of the season, we opened with there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, then we did, we were big on novelty numbers. And so we did a song called Mississippi Squirrel, 
which was about we had all these benches we brought on stage which is about and i had a narrator at one of the contests our kid got sick and so i had to learn this whole like i would call it borderline rap but it was like spoken word so that went through the whole thing it was bizarre but it was about this this squirrel that went and essentially it made everyone look like they were having a religious experience and it was like going through and it was it was a treat. Anyways, um, we're gonna find a video, and I'm going to. Unfortunately, it. it's out there, but please don't. Um, oh no, no, no sake, it will be because the only guys. recording is of me doing the solo. So <gasps> Dreams, um, yes. I showed my kids that video actually finally because we were looking for something to do before winter break. Yes, and they, they laughed a lot about that. Oh, I bet. I was vulnerable with them, and they enjoyed it. So um, then our ballad was "Once Upon a Time." Our guy song was "Officer Krupke." Um, we had all these extra platforms that we always added, and for some reason, always during that number, a platform would collapse. Cool, but yeah. it was always we just went with it. Yeah, that was really yeah, fun. Yeah, safety fun. risks. Yeah, I was in charge of putting those risers up, so that was my fault. Um, and then uh, the girls did "Mama Who Bore Me," that had just come out, and somehow yeah. we got the rights to that. Um, and then we closed with a song called "God Put the Rhythm in Me" from Alter Boys. Oh wow! Okay, wow, that's actually for that time. That would have been newish at that time I, I think so i we i never heard of it it was fun um we're talking about altar and, boys with a z at the end of it right like altar boys yes yes yeah so yeah that would have yes. been newish at that time okay last question your most embarrassing stage moment director <laughs> i would say the year we had um uh we have a pop concert every year and it is cursed um oh. because uh, three years ago we had a heart attack in the middle of it oh, and so Lord. i had a kid Oh, well, let's, uh, this is the moment that I think is important to share. We had a heart attack start, so I went backstage, but I had a solo who had just, he walked on as I was going off to start singing, and he was singing Purpose from Avenue Q, but he could see everything that was happening, and so he's talking about it, and uh, God, his name was Jackson, and I was, God bless Jackson, or Jack, excuse me, Jackson, and he's, he's like trying not to look, and he's singing and trying to be entertaining as we're trying to get this man out of here, and I was the only one there because we couldn't find, Sandy was doing another thing, so oh no one could throw him off the stage. That's not the issue, but I. But the year after that, we had talked about how we were. We had all these things in place medically in case because our auditorium gets warm for some reason during the winter time. And then the year after that, this is my most embarrassing moment: was we had a bat attack, and so we were trying to go on stage, and this bat just kept swooping down. And I had a principal there. We're all trying to catch the bat, and mind you, we have a full auditorium of people screaming. Yeah. I'm trying to catch the bat, and. We're recording this, by the way. This is all on video because we had started the camera and the bats are swooping. <laughs> we have kids on stage and they're screaming because we're they, they. We called animal control. He said, "Go on stage. It'll scare the bat." No, it riled off the bat, oh and then it dive on. And you can see me just do this on the microphone. You can't see me. I'm like hitting my head, and you can hear that in the background of this recording. And it was. And I don't get embarrassed very easily because at this point my life is an embarrassment. So it's just an, an average occurrence. Like I say more, like I said earlier, I say more dumb things a day than yeah. most people say in their whole life. So, yeah. uh, but that is just a moment that will live in infamy. infamy. And I just. That's uh, that's a great one. We haven't had one about a live animal on stage story. So you win uh, the award. It wasn't for on stage ever. It was in our faces. But you, you know win the award for that. Um, thank you so much for hanging out. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm so glad I got to have the most Nebraska horrific human I know. Be my Nebraska interview. So thank you for having me. Thank you.